Welcome to the Danger Room, a place to prepare for the opponents you are yet to face. We discuss strategy and how to level up your game in Marvel Crisis Protocol. We will have our Xavier Protocol segment, some hot takes discussing something new and shiny, and our main topic of the week. We would like to begin by thanking you, the listener, for giving us your time to listen to our opinions of the game. On the podcast, we have Jacob, Sploosh, and myself, Dizzard. All right, so we're going to go ahead and start this episode off with our favorite Xavier Protocol segment. Jacob, what do you got for us today? Well, uh, I wanted to have a look at some of the numbers that we got out of the uh, tournaments that happened this weekend. Uh, there was uh, some online TTS tournaments that happened with, I think, 21 players in the East tournament and uh, something like 12 players in the Central tournament. So we've got, we've got a good number of games done. Um, and there was one thing that jumped out. There's a few things I wanted to hit on, but the first one I wanted to talk about was uh, the win ratio. So for this, you're looking at how many games they won compared to how many they lost re with removing mirror matches. And I looked at it by affiliation, because that's one of the things they, they kindly recorded for us. And uh, you get some outliers, like Black Order played four games and won three of them, so they look like they've got 75% win ratio. I think that's down to a small sample size. But there were two affiliations that had, you know, a, a decent number of games, which were uh, Criminal Syndicate and Brotherhood. So Criminal Syndicate had 18 non-mirror match games, and Brotherhood had 20. Criminal Syndicate came out with a 55% win ratio, uh, whereas Brotherhood came out with an 80% win ratio. They won 16, lost four across all of those games. And all of those four games they lost were against Criminal Syndicate. Yes, Blish, what do you make of those that 80% win ratio for Brotherhood? Uh, I mean, the the boogeyman right now, in my mind, is Criminal Syndicate and um, the whole Portals thing with Defenders. So I don't know how actually popular Portals is. Um, it's funny how something can be good and then still not popular. Like we've seen that with Wakanda as well. And um, I, you know, I, I think Syndicate beating people doesn't surprise me at all. And I would rate in my mind Brotherhood like a tier below Syndicate. Like, so um, I guess in my mind it would be Asgard first, which isn't technically legal yet. So you're not going to see that relevant. And then you're going to have, um, uh, no, I'd probably put the portals for defenders next, uh, probably a little bit below that. And then I'd put syndicate after there, or, you know, at third place. And then probably, you know, once you get through those things, it goes down to kind of just everybody else. And it's a little more even. And clearly Brotherhood's pretty solid at the, like, killing people plan and doing the other thing. I, I I mean Wakanda's still really good too. I'd probably put Wakanda near Syndicate. I think Wakanda can beat Syndicate if it's played really well. Uh, so, so, you know, I, I don't know how many Wakandans were in the tournaments because they're probably like a little bit of old news and people want to do yeah. the, the newer not, the newer hotness. Not and a single. Just, yeah. Not a single Wakandan. There you go. And I will say too, probably people are like getting it out of their system. The, the playing of these affiliations and, and, and then I think A Force is gonna hit us like a sledgehammer. Um and what's and then of course Angela and Enchantress are incredible minis. So <laughs> it's like this is cool to talk about, but like man, once January hits it's gonna get all crazy again. Um it, it's nice to think of it as like a milestone for Syndicate and um Brotherhood. In my playing of Brotherhood, personally, I just haven't found them to kind of be like this do-it-all great team. Their four characters feel a little limiting. Um, in my opinion, Sabretooth is sort of like their weak spot right now. And then just like having Magneto be so expensive. It's, it means a really good character, but it just feels awkward sometimes. Um, like at 14 Threat, for example. Um, I'm not sure how great they are there. And so, yeah, um, it's interesting, though, that they're doing so well. I, is there any other, like, talking points on, like, who Brotherhood fought that they were beating up on? Uh, anything well, to that yeah. effect? Um, so I had a look. Those four losses that they had were all to Criminal Syndicate. So I looked at the Brotherhood to Criminal Syndicate matchup. 
and they won three, lost four in that matchup. So it's it's that's relatively small numbers, but that's pretty close to 50-50. So you shouldn't take away from this that Criminal Syndicate are a slam, slam dunk into Brotherhood because that's not yeah. what they um, it means it's it's a good game. Uh, also, I don't know whether it's kind of the newness of Brotherhood and people haven't quite figured out how to counter what they're doing. And I think what people were largely playing was Magneto destroys the world. Uh, I don't think there was a lot of mystique leadership being played. Um, and maybe you need to, uh, you know, change your crisis selection against them. Um, I did have a look at priority and they won uh, the games they won. It was... Uh, slightly more than 50% uh, that they had priority in one, but uh, not, not loads. So even when they were losing I, priority, they were still I got, a, I got a question. Yep. I got a question on, though, the games that Brotherhood lost versus the games that they won, what was the threat values? Mm, bear with me, Cola. Uh, so the ones yeah. where they lost... And I, I was kind of curious who they're beating up on. I don't know if I mean, I guess the easy answer is not Wakanda. I don't know how many Defender <laughs> players they're playing or how okay, many so Defender they, players actually well, brought portals. They lost Criminal Syndicate at 16. They lost Criminal Syndicate at 18. They lost Criminal Syndicate at 16. And they lost Criminal Syndicate at 16. So I think that 16 seems to be... It sounds like Fisk was beating their ass. My whole thought is that Brotherhood needs is um if you could force them at a low threat or threat value which it seems to be 16 at being fisk they just seem to struggle with the list construction being just the output because you're not really benefiting from magneto's leadership as much because you don't have that wide of a list because you're using up over half your points on just magneto yeah, if you're playing uh, well, it if you're playing at 16 out. what do you let's just say you go with toad mystique magneto then you've got five points to play with so you take like a three and a two maybe yeah so that's not that bad, but it's just I don't know. Ever since we started playing, um, it was always I I just I always find it way easier to play into Brotherhood if I forced a low threat value, so fourteen, fifteen, or sixteen. I had much better games against them, and I if I make out like eighteen, nineteen, or twenty, it was just too hard to keep up with them and their power generation. Um, and then, like at the lower threat values, it was just e easier to control and play against. So that's that's always my philosophy. That's what I was really curious on: what the threat values were, where they lost at, and versus what they won at, uh, to see if that actually was um, something that was shown in the data. Yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying. Like, especially when you're playing against Syn Syndicate, I feel like it's a uh, uh, what I, you know. I heard you, Jacob, say the perfect thing. It was like a skill check. Or like a heat check, or what's the word gear for check. that? Like, gear was check. a heat check, he gear check. Thank you. Yeah, it's like a MOBA or not a MOBA, an MMO term almost. Like you would fight a monster, and if you didn't have the good enough gear, you would lose. Um, and I feel like Syndicate puts that pressure on you to kind of kill them faster than they're, you know, winning the game. Uh, just the way their leadership works, they kind of just win by default, just by existing. So the gear check is trying to kill them or daze them. Um, but I think that you know Brotherhood's got a decent kit for that. You only really need to kill them on one side. So if you focus on that side, and you asteroid M Magneto over to that side, and then he's got a good amount of terrain to throw at people, um, I don't see that being a massive problem. I find Mystique is not good in uh, into Bro uh, Criminal Syndicate. Mystique, they've got like all physical defense. A lot of them have the minus one. Uh, it's not great, and then Sabretooth kind of just dies sometimes. Uh, you know, yeah. Syndicate can hit pretty decently hard, and and also just Sabretooth's kind of a variance machine. I mean, he's just naked five, and it's like you hope you do, you do something. Um, so, so just to answer Dizzard's question, uh, certainly in the East Brack in the East tournament. They won three times at 15, they won four times at 17, twice at 18, and twice at 19. So there's, there's a bit of a spread there. Uh, yeah. Interestingly, they never won at 16. They never won at 16? Oh, no. It's so just maybe like it's, uh, it's... Black, Order. Black Order hates 16, too. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of funny, as I actually play the 16 oh, no. Secure Fisk. Maybe I should stop doing that. 
Yeah, but you kind of have it. I don't know. Like you have you you have it built in. Like you actually have a plan for it, and you you've practiced it a lot. Yeah. I, I know you and I played a bunch of games with it, and you're like, I want to be good at the 16 with Brotherhood for the games that we were playing. Yeah, and maybe it's good against um, Black Order. Yeah, actually, I'll keep that in because I'd play other secures for the Syndicate matchup anyway. So yeah. Um. Yeah, so, and so I you, well another thing we've said in the previous podcast is uh, I feel like right now Brotherhood doesn't actually synergize that well with themselves. Like Sabretooth doesn't throw anything, you know. Um, once they get more stuff, it will, might change, and so a lot of their best combos are coming from unaffiliated characters. Yeah, I mean, you know. I'm not sure we will see loads more. I can't see Quicksilver throwing things, and maybe Scarlet Witch does, but that doesn't really feel like her power set. It's possible that Juggernaut will throw things, but uh, oh I think, my gosh, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm at uh, six, uh, probably at least a five for Juggernaut, and that's quite a, a hefty yeah. build. So you're looking. I got for. a uh, I got a prediction for Juggernaut. He'll be able to destroy terrain by walking over it. Seems reasonable. Sure. Uh, no, Juggernaut's definitely throwing things in every form. Probably Scarlet oh, yeah. a little bit. I mean, Scarlet, I don't know. Uh, size I'm sure two. she does I, some things. Yeah, I can see her throwing size two, but nothing more than that, really. Yeah. Anyway, um, do, do we hit brother, um, Hired Muscle officially in the topic? Like, how many people are running it that went undefeated? Yeah, so it's worth prefacing this and saying that... Um... This is a tournament where the January releases weren't legal, so people weren't using Angela, and I think that's impacted the prevalence of hard muscle. I think it's particularly effective with her, and I think that we're going to see that a lot more in Season 4 than we did in these tournaments. Uh, so just with that in mind, yeah, there were a couple of... Uh, so I think there were five people in the European uh, tournament who were running it, and one of them did go undefeated. Yeah, the the two of them didn't. Two of them went undefeated without it, but I would argue they weren't really running hired muscle teams because one was Black Order, and yep. you know Black Order is just not really about that life. And the other one was like, uh, what was it? I think it was Web Warriors, and yeah, the Web Warrior Magneto team. So yep. I, I, like Web Warriors are power hungry; they don't really have that going on. And then I don't know that Mag like no one in in the Magneto team, I think really wants to do that. I mean, without mm -hmm. like some orange R and D shenanigans or something. Uh, and honestly, you could just look, let's see. So that person played spiders and worthy. So wait, why weren't they playing? Iron Muscle? <laughs> what the hell well, <laughs> did they forget? I, so something else I think that's interesting is how, how many percent again is, was in the East bracket that were running hired muscle out of total. Five out of twenty-one, so that's what was about twenty-five percent, just less. And then almost a hundred percent of the U.S. Um, well, for total, I don't know about that, but for uh, West and East undefeated, both were running it. So it was a hundred percent of the winners yeah. were running it. Yeah, um, mostly in the East. Most of the teams that are running it were Criminal Syndicate, and maybe they're doing that because they really like mm -hmm. the uh, crisis and it well, you on Fisk as well. And we can see that, you know, they were probably playing Fisk into Brotherhood, and that's where those, those wins came out. All right, what do you think, Dizzard? I don't even really know what to think, to be honest, because I just, I do, I do think Hired Muscle is kind of just inflated. Um, everybody has an opinion on it, and it just makes it more inflated than what it is. Yeah, it's good. But it's because everybody thinks it's so good. And I think that's a huge part of it. Like the psychology behind it is when you're down to it, and like, we were talking behind the scenes about this is the everybody starts talking about this and it's so good and all of that and it's gonna make more people play it and i mean it's not this not to discount the fact that it is good but i i think that it's it it's almost bad for the game in a way because it just makes it stale with how often it's taken i mean i don't know how many hired muscle teams that were in there um i think maybe largely the criminal syndicate teams were the ones who i think yeah. at the roster they were the ones who were mainly playing hired muscle and they came out like i said 50 56 percent rate win ratio so i mean looking at it that way it looks like it's not too big of a problem now granted this is before we've got 
some of the new releases coming out. There's no Angela in here, and I think Angela maybe changes that um, that uh, lineup a lot in terms of what you, how you're running hired muscle and then what she can do with it. Um, there weren't many people playing Asgard, uh, so I think it was. Yeah, hired muscle is, is a feature I think we're going to see more in season four rather than this side of Christmas. I'd agree. I'd agree with that. Um, it is nice though seeing Syndicate played so much. <laughs> like, I don't know. I liked them. I was just, I was just curious because I was thinking about like the, um, just like the U.S. meta versus the Europe meta of like opinions. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely different. There's a lot more um, defenders, pentagrams, portals in the EU than there is in the US. Yeah, because we had that discussion before to where I was saying that Europe it seems to be very defenders, pentagrams, and the US is very syndicate, uh, hired muscle. And that was that was a couple of weeks ago we talked about that. But yeah, it seems it's definitely true, showing. <laughs> yeah. Well, because uh, there was only two undefeated. There was Central and West, and both had hired muscle. One was playing criminal syndicate. And the other one was playing Asgard, I guess. I mean, it's, it's yeah. worth saying that, that West tournament was a four-player round robin, so maybe it's not quite got the, yeah. uh, the weight of some of the others. So <laughs> the winner, but just when you uh, go undefeated in a big field. That, uh, right. Yeah, it is what it is, but it's still a little bit of data, and he was running it. And he's playing Asgard, which is more towards using Colonel's, uh, Hired Muscle. So... Okay, so I've got a, a question for you guys then. Uh, I've been running this off in a few tournaments recently and looking at uh, win percentage people who have priority. What's okay. your estimate for the win percentage in the 48 games that took place of people who had priority? You get priority. What was your chance of winning in this tournament? I'll say 56%. percent that number hits me. I, would... I don't know. I would say 52. What? 52? You know, this was really interesting. It was 37 and a half. Yeah. 52. What? Yeah. Priority what? went 30-something percent? Yeah. 37 and a half percent of people who got priority wow. won their game. What is happening? It's really interesting because uh, the past few leagues, it's it's been like right around that 52, 54 percent mark for priority winning. Um, that's insane that's a huge drop uh it is but again small sample size so take it with a pinch of salt and there's yeah. all kinds of factors that... so i would be curious to know if it was like a finals game so like round three what is that percentage because i am just gonna say when you're kind of in the like random people tier i mean probably it's less relevant because there's less like strategies going on um but that seems like crazy numbers to me. That doesn't make sense. So it was 50-50 in the uh, round three of Europe. Well, there you go. We're already getting better. And it Isn't wore... it fun how numbers can tell so many stories? And it was uh, four to it was two to four in the um, in the US. So two wins, four losses in the final round. So it's pretty. Huh. Looking at it that way around, it's still slightly skewed to to Nova. It's not quite. What about the when you said U.S. There was only one central winner, right? I mean, uh, yep. Oh, you. Uh, I was looking at all the games in the in the final round. I'm kind of thinking like the guys who went undefeated, basically. Like, what was their final game? More than uh, just yeah, the people. Yeah, I don't have that at my fingertips. You get what I'm getting at is because like those are like that's like the final table, right? It's supposed yeah. to be the people who yeah. you know are, are really locked into what they're doing. Um, know and going in, maybe, maybe I can have a look at that and pull that out without taking a bit longer. Yeah, I I love numbers, and I think uh, the the thing people always need to realize is numbers have context, and you just got to break it in and you know try to figure it out. You know, the 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 mystery is hiding in the numbers, so. If you uh, um, want to know the answer to that, come and join our Discord link below, and uh, ask me there, and I'll tell you. That's great, though. That's good information. Appreciate you bringing it to us. Yeah. Uh, so moving on, um, we're going to be doing our hot takes on She-Hulk today, and I know all three of us have been 
very interested in She-Hulk and the A-Force. So, uh, Spooch, why don't you take it away? Yeah, sure. Uh, I feel all overwhelmed because there's there's just like so much to say about She-Hulk. She's a leader of A-Force and her affiliation card. I, I don't even want to count. It's got to be like 12 or something characters. Um, and I firmly believe, uh, I've even heard jokes of people saying it's a double-sided card. Like maybe when we get this A-Force uh, affiliation card, it, you're literally going to flip it and find more characters. Uh, example would I would think of would be Enchantress is probably a little outside the box, but I, I could see um, Ghost Spider being added as well. Um, uh, so, I mean, I, it, I'm not going to read the card or go into it. I, we're, we're always under the assumption people have seen uh, the spoilers. And, uh, you know, go look up She-Hulk or join our Discord. We'll be happy to show you the card. But uh, as far as, like, playing She-Hulk in the A-Force, it's crazy. She feels a little cabal to me. Like, it's this idea of, like, power gain. Um, like, for example, when I played cabal, I loved playing the uh, citizens because you could, uh, you know, get six power and catch them. So, to say, eat them. Uh, I played one citizens this week. Uh, with having Toad on my team, and I like ran Toad to the very tippy corner of the board with one health, and at the beginning of the turn he had like two power, and by the end of the turn he like had enough power to uh, evacuate the citizen. And I feel like if I was playing any other affiliation, uh, that Toad character would have been like chased down, and they would have got him, you know, and then got that VP, and it was a pretty close game, so it, it felt huge. Uh, get, gaining power like that and being able to just move it around the board uh, like you will. I, I actually saw you guys mention a ruling with this, something about the character that takes the hit can't get power. Yeah, that that's right. right. The, the leadership ability says when an ally character is damaged by an enemy effect, another ally character may gain one power. So if She-Hulk takes a punch, She-Hulk has to be somebody else that gains that power. She can't gain the power herself when she gets punched. Yeah, I've played a few games with A-Force, and I'm probably, I probably messed that up. So I'm glad you could bring that to my attention. I'm sure a lot of people aren't reading it it's perfectly accurate. Uh, so that was interesting. Um, I think one thing that, um, other than the obvious, like, She-Hulk and a million characters and feeling like you can make a 10-character roster without leaving affiliation, which is probably the first affiliation to actually bring that feeling to us, um, I'm going to bring up the Tactus cards here. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go over these, right? Um, yep. Special delivery is like the hotness. Drop off is banned, and special delivery is like almost a better drop off because it can only target Hulk. But any first character can do it. You have to bring your rocket boots or or wasp or Angela or um, Captain Marvel. So that's the thing. Um, it's forced me to try Wasp when maybe I would never give her a chance. And I've turned... I, I think I like her. i got to play more games to say for sure I'm like a huge Wasp fan or anything like that. But I think it's pretty neat. And I think uh, Captain Marvel, I need to test her more. But she was decent when I tried her. I think Captain Marvel kind of wants you to play like a Gamma or the Demons thing or whatever. Uh, she doesn't want to move around too much. Uh, so I think this card's like a no-brainer. I would take it every single game, and I would cons I actually put Rocket Boots into my roster after playing a few games, because even if it's just for 14 threat, I think having a uh, two-cost Widow as a drop-off character uh, or special delivery character, you know, uh, I think that's fine and pretty cool. Uh, so just going into the next cards, I think the other cards, when people first looked at them, they got hyped up quite a bit. And I'd love to hear what you guys have to think, but I'm going to super, I'm going to just spit out my thoughts. I think, uh, so A-Force assembles the one that gives characters extra dice. I thought yeah. that card would be insane. I even made a seven wide list uh, at like, I don't remember, 18 or 19 points. And I was super impressed with how unimpressed I was of this card. Um, you would think, and I was even playing on like the demons, so I thought, oh, that's perfect. But my characters were just kind of naturally split up a little bit. And at most, it was giving me like one dice, because usually I'd have one character, like Wasp, next to She-Hulk. And then I would have like a one, but it was an unaffiliated character. 
so I don't know. I'd like to hear your guys' thought on that. And real quick, just say what stalwart determination. Uh, I mean, it's it's dependent on your character doing pushes and throws, but like I'd say something like 80% of characters in this game push or throw. So it's probably you bring it. And I really liked it with Captain Marvel. Um, and you, you probably got to be a little careful uh, with maybe you think like one character um, doesn't need it. Then one character, the other character that you get. So you maybe you give it to everybody, even if your first instinct isn't to do that. But I don't know. Have you guys tried these cards? What do you think? Well, you hit on a load of things there. So uh, I, I want to pick up on a couple of things you said. So okay. first, um, uh, special delivery and the flyers that are required to do that. Uh, when I'm building at this stage, I'm putting in Angela and uh, Captain Marvel and Wasp into my roster. And it's possible that um, one of those comes out. And I think probably the most likely ones come out is Wasp. The reason I don't like Wasp is she needs to, um, uh, she needs to, I mean, ideally you want to go tiny so you get the long move out of her, uh, which costs the power. And then you've got to have another power, which means you're probably running R&D to get the most out of Wasp. Um, and you, you're probably running R, uh, yeah, R&D in order to special delivery a long move. That feels like the reason you would want Wasp there, apart from the fact that she's a three threat that can um, that can do it. And then if you're running R&D to do that, why not just run Rocket Boots, um, which doesn't cost you a power that's not a power lost from your team. And admittedly, this team has a lot of power. Um, but I just think mm, that just feels a little bit like I've got, I've got to pay a little extra tax there if I want to get the most out of Wasp. Maybe she's fine just running her as a medium move and paying three, but think the other characters bring more to the table uh you talked about marvel i think marvel is gonna do brilliantly in this affiliation on those power generating uh scenarios so put her on infinity formula put her on um cubes because then she's gonna uh it's gonna really increase the consistency she's gonna get to that five power to binary form and i'm quite excited to play more captain marvel and have her be a competitive uh and viable option that is in justifying her place in the roster so i'm i'm quite keen to try that out and those kind of crises are definitely going to go into my a force roster uh to try and get the most out of her maybe i find that it's not as good as i think it is but i'm, I'm excited to test that uh you talked about stalled determination the card that doesn't allow pushes and throws i think that in certain matchups that's going to be an absolute game changer clearly wakanda um things like web warriors as well there's, there's so many pull uh pushes pulls throws in Web Warriors. Uh, it's going to be matchup dependent, but I think that's going to win games. It is only for one round, but like, let's take Wakanda Wave as an example. Step one to winning against that list is get to round four. And so if you can get to round four, uh, then you're, you're on the pathway to victory. So this stops you being pushed away and uh, stops them scoring a whole load of points. Probably round two is when you're thinking about playing it. Um, hey Jacob, real quick, uh, something I missed saying and something I noticed in my last game with that card, it's during the power phase too. Yeah. I thought it was going to be during my activation. And I was like, holy crap, this thing says power phase. <laughs> so there's yeah. no like sneak in a push or throw. There's no sneaking, it, yeah. you know? Whether you've got priority or not, you're right. Yeah. You've got to remember the trigger. And I find uh, it, the thing I forget most is cards that require activating in the power phase. Uh, that's the thing I'm most likely to miss. Um, but yeah, the A Force symbol. I can see what you're saying. I think uh, it's maybe fun, um, but it doesn't call to me in the way that the other two cards do: special delivery and stalwart determination. It's the range two. If it was range three, it'd be nuts. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why it's not range three. I, <laughs> I also, I also think it's the power cost. Like you spend three power to get it, and I don't know. I, if it was two, I think it'd be better. Um, it's just how often are you actually going to be within a range two of more than one person on your own team, especially actually, in like the games we currently play. Yeah, Dizzard, I totally agree with you on that. That's a great point. Is that in my opinion, the the turn you want a force assemble is probably turn two, because that's yeah. like the turn you could like manufacture, and and then every turn after turn two will be probably chaos. Where like people yeah. are thrown everywhere and everyone's out, people are dazed, you know. So it's like, and and for three power, you're probably doing it on She-Hulk, but she's like the character you want to power with because she's gonna be taking the bodyguards and stuff. 
So and that's just in my experience. It's like, ugh, three power. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And then after that, you just can't it's, use it. It's also like you want her to take damage. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, 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 while we're stopping for a quick second, I want to go back to what you said about Wasp. Um, I think Wasp is okay using it turn one on like a Gamma Shelter situation or what is that map E? Because yep. you're going to hold it to the end anyway and probably no one's going to attack Wasp. And even if they were going to attack Wasp, you have a bodyguard standing next to you. So like, she's fine. And you don't have to do like single move. You can do medium to range two forward and then do the the, the drop off you know so i i find wasp is fine with it i mean I, you know i gotta play more games i've only played one game with wasp one game with you know um marvel and one game with angela because i just wanted to try all the special delivery choices so obviously one game isn't enough to decide like this is definitive but i i gotta say i was i was impressed with wasp for what she was so you know uh, you know, we could go into Wasp, but like I, I'll just say what the thing about Wasp, because probably people, I'm sure most people listening to this probably don't even own Wasp or don't even know what her card does. I know she's one of those. She's in a pack that I think was skipped a lot, um, but she has this two power range three attack that transforms her, and it kind of just and it gives her a move and she transforms, so she's like she's all over the board, and it's pretty nice. Uh, and getting two power in this affiliation is. Easy peasy. So yeah. uh, I found it to be really good. Okay. Uh, I haven't had a chance to play her yet, so I'm, I'm happy to be proved wrong, but that was sort of my initial take on it. Um, Dizard, what is, what's your take? We haven't heard from you yet. Yeah, so I guess my biggest thing with She-Hulk is I immediately jump to a Angela She-Hulk core. Yeah, it's 11 points, but this is, it's such an aggressive 11 points. Um, especially if you are playing the uh, uh, what is it, the drop off, whatever it's called now. Special um, delivery. Special deliveries. If you're playing special delivery with Angela, you're dropping off like two extremely heavy hitters at the very beginning of the game that aren't exactly easy to take out. As well as She Hulk could bodyguard for Angela if you needed it to. Um, like just the thought behind it, this seems like it's too insanely difficult to get rid of characters when they're together. Especially if you're going to tie in that can't be pushed or thrown card. Um, I guess you could tie the um, the defensive card in there too if you really wanted to, but you don't really need to. But because she looks got. Yeah. A lot of power. You need um, one. You've got to pay the stalwart yeah. in the power phase. Exactly. Um, they've got enough power to still do that. They both generate two power. So maybe that that's not ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but I, I just like the thought of Angela and She-Hulk going in together. Um, like, I mean, Jacob, so I, we did a test game of running Angela, She-Hulk, and Thanos. And even for a three-threat, uh, three-model count team at 18 points, it was... I felt like it was an uphill battle, even though I was winning the entire game. Um, mm -hmm. it, was, it was interesting, uh, because I just felt like I was behind, even though I wasn't. Um, but no, I'm that's that's where I'm going at with it is just I think she very very supports a very aggressive list um effectively. And I'll just say that I think she is definitely the Hulk that everybody has always wanted. Yeah, I think it's hard not to draw comparisons with her cousin. Um mm -hmm. and I think it's hard not to conclude that she's better in most regards. Uh, where she maybe isn't as good uh, is base size. I think the base size is, is pretty much universally a, a buff to have a larger base. Yeah, uh, She's got a slightly smaller base. Uh, that's not a major thing. Size, she's size 3. Now that's got pros and cons. There are some things that will still work on her, like Vision's Throw, which wouldn't work on Hulk. Um, but that means that she can hide behind terrain, size 4 terrain, which Hulk wouldn't be able to hide behind. So there's kind of a uh, swings and roundabouts there. Um, so, yeah, certainly when I'm looking at her in my pentathletes roster, I think she pretty much swaps out for Hulk, and that's the, the main place Hulk's seeing competitive play at the minute is in that defender's roster. Now, it's a bit of a shame because Hulk's a defender, which is definitely in, in his favor, but even looking at it, I think the roster's made better 
for swapping her out. And that means running Okoye a little less often and Wong a little more often. And so that's even got me thinking about swapping out Okoye for someone, which is, you know, heresy, I know. Um, but it's I think she slots nicely into that roster if, if you know, on the cubes game plan. The trigonometry still checks out. She can still place from a portal and pick up a far cube without having to move. And she'll end up further back because Hulk hasn't got the power to gamma leap on round one. So she'll end up safer than Hulk would. And actually, that's one of the times when a smaller base might help her. So um, real quick, I was just doing a little measurement while you're talking. Um, I think She-Hulk is like something like somewhere between like 15 to 20% faster than Hulk. Not Maybe not even that. It's like 10 to 15%. It's not a lot. Yeah, it, um, it, um, and that's assuming Hulk doesn't gamma leap, right? Yeah, no, nah, I know. And she's got aggressive. There's differences, right? Yeah. I got a question though for you guys. Um, since I think you guys kind of agree with me, it's really easy to just get like six plus affiliated characters in this team. We could go on and on. I mean, every character, it's like an all-star team between Shuri and Okoye, Valkyrie, right? It's nuts. Um, and there's characters that aren't even released on this card. We have Black Cat, Crystal, Medusa. I mean, it's crazy. But um, what's your guys' favorite unaffiliated characters with uh, A-Force? Anyways, no, I think Thanos, especially because of him having a gem and the leadership affiliation bonus, it's just, I think he ties really well with them if you want to play super aggressive. Uh, yeah, there's a nice little synergy there. Um, the uh, leadership uh, doesn't work quite so well with Thanos, but the leadership uh, is great with invulnerability. Uh, so the idea that you reduce damage by one but to a minimum of one which means that you're still dealing a damage which means that the defenders of arcadia leadership still triggers and you can still allocate a power to someone so um looking at people i think there's i don't know whether that makes the best characters but it's just a nice thing to note that uh you're someone like um corvus glaive for example has got that ability uh and maybe he maybe that's something to explore does he make he's got great ways of spending his power as well so maybe a Corvus She-Hulk base uh, with a reality gem, that's a different 11-point base. Uh, and maybe that makes them better on those, uh, you know, on scrolls and alien ship uh, because Corvus is going to have a boatload of power uh, to do some really big attacks. So that's, that's something, although uh, having played against Thanos, yeah, I think Thanos is, is definitely worth exploring. Okay. Have you found any, um, Jacob? The other one that springs to my mind is Ghost Spider. Uh, she's not affiliated, which maybe that's an oversight. Maybe maybe that gets fixed, but I, I don't remember seeing Ghost Spider in any of the A Fourth comics. So maybe that's just she's just not going to be there. Um, but she is someone who has got great way to spend power. Um, she's relatively cheap, which I think is going to be important for those unaffiliated characters because you've got some big uh, costs in affiliation in the form of She Hulk and probably Angela. Uh, so having characters on the cheaper end of the spectrum who've got good ways to spend their power, I think uh, that's pretty good. Um, and of course, it's, she's a little bit everywhere at the minute, but Mystique with Deception, being able to pull in characters towards Jenon who can get to attacks or towards Angela, that feels pretty good as well. Yeah, for me, it's uh, Enchantress. The short answer is She-Hulk and Okoye, both bodyguard. I think Okoye is kind of stapled to She-Hulk for the most part. Like, I'd always want to take Okoye plus a flyer. Um, and Enchantress's little thing... Um, She's got that enchanting ability where the opponent has to choose when they target her to pay two power or not. And so that choice happens before the choice to bodyguard her. Uh, then you add in the fact she's got the siren call, which is like the Modoc bow, which she'll definitely use her power for that. And of course, she can steal extracts from people with three power. So, I mean, Enchantress loves having power. She'll never run out of ways to use it. I mean, if you look at just her three abilities, she's got... The bow for two, she's got a throw for three, and then the kiss thing for three. I mean, that, that's like more than enough of a sinkhole for power, you know? Uh, and then frustrating opponents by making them spend power when attacking you, that seems pretty good to me. Uh, I, I like the dynamic of also just like someone has a really important extract. I think that the, the A-Force is trying to play like kind of a killing strategy, but being able to just grab extracts, it's just really powerful. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that I've got a good handle on it. I think you're right. You can build a very powerful kill list with them. 
but you've also got Shuri in affiliation, and any time you can run Shuri and have her be affiliated, you can run a good scenario list. Um, so I, I think there's it's probably the most diverse set of playstyles of any affiliation that we've had yet. Yeah, it's possible you can hybrid a little bit too. I mean, you know, we talk about Modok all the time, but like Modok is kind of a killer who can also bow people, which just so happy. It's like a stagger, and it's like playing for victory points. You know, it's all it's the full package, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, She-Hulk does throw. It's expensive, but she can do it, you know? Um, so, you know, I've had people, like, not attack me. I remember on one of my games, I didn't even get attacked for all of turn one, even though I was, like, standing in a place where you kind of could attack me. Because my opponent was really worried of, of giving me, like, power early because they knew I could do mean things to them. So I just found it was inter it was interesting. And... Their throws tend to be kind of expensive. So, like, Wasp's throw is three. She-Hulk's throw is three. So you kind of have to take damage to give damage. Um, so, I don't know. It's kind of a variable. I'll also say they're an affiliation to consider playing Follow Me With. Because uh, they tend to get a lot of power. And then they tend to be a little bit together, since they have all the bodyguard stuff going on. So Follow Me is, like, pretty sweet. Um, but I, I'll leave it at that. I don't know if you guys have any passing thoughts. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of them in Season 4. I think partly because they'll be the new hotness, partly I think there's a lot of very powerful options there and a lot of uh, diversity. A lot of uh, characters that have become favorites of players, whether that's because of how, how they were in the comic or how they play on the table. But there's uh, you know some real you know, Shuri fans or Valkyrie fans uh, around. So I think we're going to see a lot of them, and uh, you need to be aware of what they can do because they really can bring a lot of pain if you're not prepared for them. Um, so my final thoughts would be, I think this is the most versatile affiliation that we got. Um, like you were saying earlier, like you can go any way you want. I just think it's something interesting to think about um, as far as the different types of lists we're going to be able to see with A-Force. I feel like they can play hired muscle too, but to be honest with you, I haven't put a lot of thought into it. Uh, yeah, they can. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, right, moving on to our main subject, of the day and it's kind of going to be our new year's resolutions for the game um jacob do you want to explain that a little bit better for the listeners sure um something that i think is really important when you're looking at developing your game and actively trying to get better maybe you're a competitive player or an aspiring competitive player one thing that i would really recommend is setting goals and having some way of holding yourself accountable for them uh, so, and New Year's is a great time for doing that uh, and we're going to give you maybe some examples of things that we're planning to do uh, to try and up our game we may also have uh, some which aren't focused on improving our competitive play but uh, that's, that's I think where a lot of our, our resolutions are going to be uh, aimed at okay the first one <laughs> yeah i mean uh the thing that i'm gonna start doing which i haven't been doing uh is tracking my games so it's dead simple i'm gonna set up a spreadsheet i'm gonna have uh what affiliation i was playing what my roster was what the threat level was whether i won priority what crisis i chose what crisis they chose what their affiliation was what their roster was um whether i won or lost uh and uh then like a, 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 an area for reflection what i learned from the game like I was playing uh, a, a portals game earlier and um, I was uh, in Hulk mode and so I was running away and I learned a lot about where to position, uh, how to position people when they come through a portal to stop block landing zones for other people who want to chase you through a portal and make them run the long way. So uh, even I've played that roster, I don't know, 30, 40 times now uh, and I'm still learning things and just having that, uh, making notes and keeping track of them. So that's something which uh, I'm going to start doing uh, and as of 1st of January. Uh, there's no reason I shouldn't start it before, actually, but I just, it feels, feels good. Uh, and that's going to tie into one of my other ones that we're going to talk about, but that's, that's one of my first ones. All right. So, uh, well, um, 
Yeah, go ahead, Desert. I was gonna say that that's that's something that we've kind of talked about before, and I'm that's definitely one that I'm gonna be doing. It's not my main one, but it's it's something that's on my list to do. Um, for me, though, one of my big ones, especially since I'll be coming back like halfway through the year, is uh, getting caught up on painting. <laughs> um, oh I'll, no! Yeah, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a pain. I'll have what probably probably 30 models to paint by the time i get home <laughs> you should probably tell more. people where you are and how long you're going to be gone i'm sure some people are curious uh yeah so i guess i guess i probably should have said it when we first started the episode but no i'm uh currently deployed actually and uh so i'm coming from the wonderful country of iraq right now and um i will be gone here for quite a few months so i'll be back in june so but we will do what we can and spooch and jacob been running the show for the past what two weeks now i've been traveling <laughs> and then um but we will be uh doing what we can to make it work and we've been i played a game against jacob and i played against game against spooch now so my internet works obviously so i will be uh getting games in and um on the podcast as much as we can allow and the internet working. I mean, we've had some technical difficulties already so far this episode, but that's nah, nothing we can't get past. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I, I wonder, without like actually counting how many minis you'll need to paint by the time you get back. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 34. 34 is my number is what I'll say it'll be. Oh, geez, that's a lot. It's higher than I would have picked. Well, wait, you said like June. That's like, yeah, that's like half the year, right? So, yeah, that's actually yeah. a pretty good guess. It's probably like 20, I'd say 28 or something. Yeah, I would, I would imagine 28. But if, if they keep yeah, the pace be... they're at. Yeah, <laughs> that'll, that'll be my goal is have everything painted um, and caught up again. <laughs> oh, man, that'll take you the whole year. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Um, I, I like to set goals that I think I'm going to hit. Um, <laughs> so maybe I'm not going to set myself that one. Uh, I don't know if this is a goal, but for me personally, um, I want to keep playing X-Men competitively. I, I am generally kind of a spikish player, uh, so I want to like go to the, the good hotness. Um, but like, I feel like when I... When spike. I when I the magic yes yeah it's... spike is a term for someone who puts kind of like winning and efficiency over like anything else, uh trying to find like the most powerful things in a game, but anyway um, so it, it's against my nature sometimes to play something that I feel is like suboptimal, but uh for one I have a lot of faith in AMG to like keep things going healthy and uh two. Uh, when I started playing this game, I, I kind of vowed if I could play X-Men, I would do it. And I feel like my way of showing support for uh, AMG's putting X-Men in the game and doing it so rapidly and not like, you know, dragging their feet until like there's an X-Men movie, which would probably be like two to three years from now, uh, that they did it right now, you know, and they gave us like 90s X-Men. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like it's a gift to me and I'm going to try my best to like honor it by playing them a lot. You know, I've already been playing a lot of games. It's not like I won't play other stuff. Like, I've already played A-Force a bunch, and I've had a lot of fun playing them. Uh, but, like, in tournaments, I want to try to be, like, the X-Men guy for a while and see how that goes. So, uh, another thing that I think is something to help motivate you is to try and set a, a number of games that you're looking to get. Uh, and this is something that I think a lot of War Machine players are used to doing, going, well, I'm going to try and get in X number of games this year. And everybody's number is going to be different because of their personal circumstances and their schedule. But I think uh, my number this year is probably going to be, I'm going to aim to try and get uh, 150 games. It's going to be my aim. So it's an average of about three a week is what I'm going to be looking to do. That's fair. Uh, well, I'll probably do the same. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll counter. I'll, I'll raise you, and I'll go for two hundred. I got nothing but time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's about it's about how much time you've got, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, now, if you're in a league, then you get one uh, one game in in a league. Uh, so that's one of one of your sort of three a week, uh, and then two more. So maybe one at the weekend and one on a random evening when you've got nothing better to do. I think that's that's, yeah. that's achievable. 
Yeah, I think that's a good goal. Um, I, I think with the new leagues coming out, that it's not going to be too hard for me to probably get at least one a week and then maybe two just on leagues alone. Uh, I really enjoyed the $100 draft thing, and I want to kind of keep that momentum going. And, you know, just whatever else. I, like, I'm, I'm already planning on doing a collector's, not league, but like some friends that were going to do it with me. So I'm really looking forward to trying that out. And, uh, yeah, just get involved. It, it's, it's so much better um, to get yourself involved because it forces you to maybe play when your lazier self would put it off and decide not to. I've definitely been that person sometimes. All right. Um, mm. Well, I guess my second one would be... Um, oh, we're lagging again. Uh, oh, you're good. The second one while my connection reestablishes. <laughs> oh, I just, okay. Uh, but my second one is I want to build more terrain. Um, I guess I'm, I guess I'm hitting more on like the hobby sides, like painting and building terrain. But I don't know if I ever shared pictures of it. But I built like this really cool custom four foot by four foot MCP board that has like a comic strip border around it, and it's just it looks really cool. I want to make another one that's actually like more mobile, um, and I want to build more terrain for the game so I can actually like support my local game store when events are actually a thing. Kind of like how Omnis talks about how he wants to be able to like support as many tables as possible. I'd like to be able to do that as well. So I'll, I'll put a number on it. I'll put a number on it. Let's say I want to be able to have, oh, by the end of next year, I want to have five tables worth of terrain. Oh, baby. Yeah, I'll have six months to do it. <laughs> I'll have six months to do it. So, if you can get Pringles, I'll uh, I'll show you how to make those Wakandan huts that I made. They're pretty easy to knock up. I I think that'd be cool. Like I'm just doing like a bunch of like just different uh, themes. Like have the Wakanda theme, do an X Men theme. They got like all the the MCP stuff already, of course. Um, but that's that's oh. my plan. I already got. I mean, I've already got like two sets table sets so i only gotta do three more so <laughs> yeah 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 and one should be the blue blue area of the moon that'd be cool yeah we've talked about that one before i that'd be awesome uh so another one that's on my radar as something i want to get going this year is a team format uh, and i know there's kind of things rumbling in the background, which maybe Dizzard is, is prohibited from telling us about in terms of league organization. Um, but one of the most fun formats of War Machine was team tournaments, uh, where you know you have restrictions within your team on uh, what you're able to bring, but you're also you're, you're battling for your team. So even if you lose, if your like, two teammates win, then you win that round and you, you, you get a W instead of an L. Um, and there's some inter really interesting like tactics as to uh, matching people up to try and dodge their weaknesses um, and put them into uh, games that are strong against. It's a really interesting way of playing the game in a, and taking it to another level and adding another layer of strategy to it whilst keeping the fundamentals of the game the same. So uh, that's yeah. something I'm excited to see happening. And I think this year is going to be when we'll, we'll start to see it. We've got a pool of characters big enough that we can uh, talk about exclusivity of rosters. And um, yeah, I can't wait. I would like, yeah. love a team tournament. And um, I'm just looking real quick. I do believe, I do, oh, he did. Uh, Norbert actually teased it in the general section of the TTS Discord, saying that a three-player team tournament format is in the works. So yeah, it is what I've been working on. And testing out different ways to do it and hopefully it's um it meets all of our expectations but yeah it's it's something that has been in the talks for a while that we've been wanting to push out yeah the trick with that is figuring out the rules that make everyone happy and is interesting and fun yep. uh it's more I... than you think because <laughs> there's a lot of arguing and a lot of emotion surprisingly i think it's because people bring baggage from the other games they've played uh, mm -hmm. I, I did my very last live event ever was in February of this year where I played in a X-Wing team event and it was really fun. It was five player teams, uh, which is kind of big, but uh, it was a good time. We filled the entire store and, uh, 
I went five and zero, oh, uh, but my team had some rough times. <laughs> but I I really had a great time, and it was just so cool, like having the banter and cheering each other on and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think I will get to a point where five men team face five player teams are possible, but uh, I'm not sure we're there yet. Depending on exactly what rules come yeah. up for like accessibility of access to models. Yeah, so like I think three is more feasible and correct. Uh, the reason it was five is because we did a, a store team event, so all, we had stores from like all around. Like I live in Massachusetts, we had like New York, Connecticut, you know, like New York City, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, v- Vermont, v- you know Maine. Like, cause I, I live around a lot of states, you know, and then there was another Massachusetts team. So like, it was like, we just bunched everyone from a store. In fact, my store had two teams. So it was actually 10 players from my store. Nice. So, yeah. um, I got another really good one that uh, for the listeners here. Um, one thing that I would also really like to do over the next year is getting more Patreon content out there for the guys that are guys or girls that are uh, supporting the podcast uh, through Patreon. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> we need help, too. If you guys have some cool ideas, please, we're out there and we're listening. Uh, and, you know, we want to do some fun things. So. Man, you know, I had one and I can't remember it now. Oh, you guys had so many cool ideas while I was waiting. Um, oh, you know what it is? I want to play a game with a... Uh, the clock, the what's it? Oh the, yeah, the the, the timer, the death clock, timer clock, whatever it's called. Yeah, um, death, it's death been clock. discussed in multiple <laughs> games I've played. Yeah, the death clock. I don't. Anyway, yeah. Hate, so I've never term. actually done it. Yeah, I've never actually done it, and maybe one day with you guys, I don't know. But just to to shake it out of my system and just know I can do it, you know. Um, I guess I'll give a little teaser here, and Lama will probably be mad at me, but he is actually working on a specific clock for the TTS mod. Um, so yeah, that's that's a thing in the works. To just have it in the mod, maybe not force it, obviously. Yeah, not force, <laughs> but but like one that's more because like the general clocks that you get within TTS are not that great for how the timing would work with this game. So he's been working on one. Um, it, it's pretty cool. Um, he does so much for the mod. I'll, I'll say that. But um, on on top of that, speaking, keep talking about the mod. But um, I, I I'm coming with a whole bunch of these. But another big one for me is actually just playing more in life, like in person events and games next year. Hopefully, um, that's the hope, anyways. But I think we all have that same hope and wish. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. that's more of a dream that we have no control over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a goal. <laughs> vain growing the local community around me there's a few players out there but um i'm hoping to get a few more people in and it's just harder to do when it's on tts just for my local area whereas i know there's people who are going to be excited to get eggman on the table and uh, yeah. have juggernaut smash through buildings and punch hulk they're gonna love it uh, well that's a another interesting thing about what i got going on is um i'll be moving next year to a different state i don't know where yet um i think it's either going to be either alaska or virginia um wow yeah big big difference between <laughs> the two <laughs> um but those are like my top two uh possibilities i believe so one for me is going to be establishing a new community because in both those places uh other than where todd's at in virginia um establishing a uh, a local community wherever i go to or becoming part of one that is there mm. so sometime next year oh i was gonna mention i it's not a big deal i just there's a local guy who met reached out to me that said he wanted to play and i was my house was under construction so uh i now have a working house <laughs> uh we did we did our three rooms over and so i wanted to invite him over after in the next year you know and just have some real life games going so yeah that's awesome i can't wait to roll dice again i, I was lucky to have uh nate so close to me that I could go and play games with him <laughs> yeah watch those those are fun times yeah, and I'm, I'm lucky i've got norbert who organizes tournaments just a, an hour drive from my house <laughs> And that's that's pretty good too. 
Well, you guys, you guys got all sorts of because you drive an hour, you could be a completely different country, can't you? Uh, I mean, there's a big thing called the sea, which is kind of in the way. <laughs> Silly Fair enough. All right. Well, uh, this is going to wrap it up for the very first season of The Danger Room. And we're so glad you guys could be here to join us for this entire time. And we will see you next year. And Happy holidays and happy new year. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of The Danger Room. We hope you enjoyed it and learned something to level up your next game. You can reach out to us on our Discord, Twitter, or Facebook. The links will be in the description. We have a questions channel on our Discord, so feel free to drop us some questions in there, and we'll answer them on the show. Thank you for taking the time and listening to us. If you're liking what you hear, leave a rating, or comment, or even both. We appreciate any feedback to help us grow and become a better group to bring you the best quality content that we can. See you next time in the Danger Room. Simulation complete.